For this session, I was pleased to be joined by Dom Lower, who's Head of IT for Alzheimer's Research. It was part of our Microsoft Week Wales events, um, and this event was focused around unifying communications with Teams. Dom talks a lot about how they embraced Teams and uh, the telephony side in particular to uh, allow their teams to be more agile and to be more responsive to their customers. Just very, very quickly, our focus is around cloud services, primarily helping customers around security, productivity, and what we call agility, so, so moving services into the cloud. Hi, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Straight Talking 365 with Mark Lawson and guests. There we go. Brilliant. So good afternoon, Dom. Welcome. Thank you for joining the session today. Hi, Mark. Appreciate Cheers. it. Thanks for having me. That's okay. Um, I mean, to kick things off, do you want to give us a little bit of background on who Alzheimer's Research are and what they do? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So we are a, a research charity, um, fundamentally. So we, we've just started doing our own um, research, but a uh, majority of our work is to raise funds and we work with other institutions around the UK to um to fund the research. They do research on our behalf. Um, we're completely self-funded. We don't get any government grants. Um, we're lobbying for that change. Um, <laughs> in, the current, in the current climate would be yeah. would be ideal. Uh, and our, yeah, our kind of latest initiative is to um, perform some of our own research. So we're working with um, international uh, partners and vendors so people like the gates foundation on on something called um, uh, um the edon project with early, which is early diagnosis of neurological diseases so that's our big push at the minute but our, our aim is to get a a treatment for um dementia by 2025 which um we're, we're hoping we can get to brilliant no, that sounds good uh, and i'm jumping ahead slightly here but i just wanted to ask the question clearly you said self-funded and you're lobbying the government at the moment presumably COVID's had an impact on what you've seen in terms of income yeah absolutely yeah we've, we've I think we're not alone with um most organizations and many other charities we've um we're, we're going to take a hit and not get where we where we would have been pre pre-lockdown but in the scheme of things we, we're doing pretty well so um yeah our supporters have stayed quite loyal to us in that respect so yeah not not ideal but could be a lot worse I think it's a, a, a fair measure yeah, I think it sounds sounds about right for for most people at the moment, doesn't it? Um, and a little background on on yourself and and your role in Alzheimer's. Yeah, so I joined about must be about two and a half years ago now. Um, so my previous experience was around um, in pharmaceutical industry, private pharmaceutical industry, where there was almost no IT budget. It was very free spending. It was um, quite luxurious in that respect. Um, and then I moved to a family owned automotive retail business, which was almost polar opposite. Um, it was very more yeah budgets are a bit more stringent a bit tighter <laughs> but, um i'll leave it at that um and yeah you came i remit so sort of everything internal everything it internally um is uh handled within my team so that's from the infrastructure networking support licensing it procurement cyber security um, we do a small amount of in-house development but but not a massive amount and um and also right. we're looking at integrations automations that sort of stuff Brilliant. And, and how many users do you look after? Uh, we've got around 215, 220 employees. Okay. And, um, and we're primarily based in Cambridge in our head office. So we've got a few regional fundraisers dotted around the UK, um, around 15 or so. But the rest of um, the rest of the, the gang, so to speak, we're all in, in one office in Cambridge. Or we were anyway. And if you can kind of think back that far to sort of this time last year, you know, the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, um, 
can you give us a little bit of background to what you had in place in terms of telephony, contact centre, how people got hold of you through through the phone? Yeah, sure. So um, we have, so in terms of the organisational setup, um, we have two main contact centres. One's to give information about the dementia out to supporters, um, or actually not to supporters, just to the general public. They don't have to necessarily do anything for us. It's just an information line. And then we've got a team called the Supporter Care Team who deal with our supporters. So they deal with any requests from um you know people who want to donate to us volunteer for us ask about research information it could be anything at all Compl- complain to us hopefully not um, right. but it could be anything that, that they um that they take um and back in february we had a um it was a, it was a cloud pbx service um it was uh a little bit unreliable i think to say the least and we had a few few issues around reliability uh there was there was it was feature packed so to speak but we didn't utilize a lot of the features we didn't need to utilize a lot of the fix, uh, features in there so um yeah so so back in february we were when we were all based in the office we had functionality that we didn't use um and phone system that was i always use a, a kind of analogy up and down like a yo-yo so to speak and that was quite unnerving <laughs> for for our supporters and for our employees i think at the time you had tried to solve that a few times hadn't you but just kind of run out of patience in the end was that pretty much a summary yeah yeah i think so i mean yeah we're um we yeah we tried to work with our previous vendor to, to resolve the issues it, it didn't work out and ultimately we're um uh yeah we're a big microsoft house we we're, we're heavily 365 based anyway so putting our stuff into teams seemed like a, a no-brainer yeah and you were already using teams at the time is that right obviously not not for telephony but for day-to-day yeah so um teams was obviously available for a while but we didn't ever do a formal rollout so um Kind of our employees were seeing that they had it and that the app was installed on their on their desktop machine. Didn't really know what what, what it was for. We didn't formally push it out because we wanted to do that. Um, do the telephony piece. We were thinking we'll wait for the telephony and then and then roll it out properly with some expertise. Right. Okay. So like most organisations, you you'd done a bit and people had started using it and kind of figure trying to figure it out themselves. Yeah. So people people have heard of it um, and they had a rough idea of, of um, what it was um, and actually when we put the telephony into it that was what people were most surprised about people didn't know that functionality was there um, in our in our organization anyway so it was a good learning curve for, for those guys as well so the issues you had back with the current telephony how, how system how is that impacting your staff and customers yeah um, it's impacting both quite heavily so our our kind of employees they were going frustrated not being able to fill their roles um, certainly in the um, that ninety-five percent of our users are your sort of typical standard office employees. You know, if if your phone's down for twenty minutes, you can probably get on with other stuff. Um, the contact center guys, when it was down for an hour, two hours, were really struggling. They they were kind of sitting with their with their hands crossed, really. Um, their hands were tied at that point. Um, our other employees, obviously, there was frustration building in that they had to delay some of their tasks. Uh, and then when we did get the phones back up and running, we'd have grumbles from our supporters who were saying, you know, we couldn't get through to you. Um, luckily, at times, depending on the outage, we had a way of calling some supporters back. Uh, and they'd just, yeah, they'd be really frustrated. You know, some people, we, we lost calls completely. And what we actually did was we put a monetary value on the average call that we took and then started yeah. to, to build up a picture of what it was costing us as an organisation. And it was quite substantial. Hence, that played a part in the decision to to move away and move into Teams. Yeah. So you probably already answered this question, which was, which was how do you decide which direction to go? So you'd already made the decision you were using Teams, so it made sense to bolt voice into it because there were people already using it. Yeah, like I say, um, we we kind of had those. We we always thought 
without um on history of an, an experience and uh, and trust in Microsoft that it was it was always on the agenda to move our telephony into into teams um the timing was maybe pushed with the unreliability of the phone system uh however it was always on the cards and like i say we're, we're heavily 365 based anyway and we we can leverage some charity pricing because we're a non-profit which is even better for us so mm. um, all around it was it seemed like the perfect fit for us and i probably wouldn't i probably shouldn't ask this question but i'll ask it anyway um how did you find out about risk um yeah I remember if, you, if you remember that far back <laughs> I, I do remember this well and um and yeah it sounds quite a strange story so i actually had a dentist appointment that day and i went in to check in and um the, the receptionist said that the, the dentist running 45 minutes late and there's a pub opposite and i didn't go in for a beer i went into um to, to just um clear my inbox more than anything and i had on my task list call microsoft about putting out stuff into teams um and i made that call in the pub actually and uh, and they just said look we can at first their advice was you know you can do this yourself you can do it um you can maybe maybe you phone calls about and whatever else yourself and i was keen to use a work with a vendor um who'd done it before got some experience we could leverage their expertise we had a couple of other big projects going on at the time didn't really have the resource to be able to to take on that magnitude of project on our own um and they said okay well we'll put you in touch with three three vendors um, and then we got a call from three vendors one of which being being you guys at risk um, and we invited you three vendors in um we met with you all and uh yeah, and you were our preferred partner. So, um, uh, from from, from our side, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from our side, there, there's two reasons for it really. One, you were the most unsalesy, um, so uh, most unsalesy. Uh, yeah, yeah, which oh, was well, um, okay. quite, yeah. I better um, have a word with the guys. Then. <laughs> not, but um, not too pushy. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah exactly that. Um, and the the project scope uh, slip from some of the other vendors was was massive, and I felt like it could have scaled out of control. We never had actually got to to get our surfing teams because we were thinking too far ahead. Whereas this working with you guys has been quite a logical, um, quite a logical approach to everything. Good. And uh, you obviously did some testing and obviously I was there at the time. So, you know, I was involved in this to a certain extent. So you obviously ran a proof of concept just to make sure the technology worked. But I think that, I, I think you can get a feel very, very quickly whether it's going to be the right solution for you or not. Yes, yeah, so we did a bit of online research and we did a bit of networking across some um, peers that I've worked with before we've got some charity it groups um then ultimately speaking to you guys and you guys giving us the opportunity to run the proof of concept that was in my mind the best thing we did through the process was because it cemented the decision that you know we think is a good idea but there's no better way than to kind of test drive something to get behind the wheel of it and and give it a spin yourself which is what we did and yeah it just cemented our mind it's the right thing to do and thinking back to the sort of time i think it was probably mid-march wasn't it something like that when when you actually transitioned over to the new system you switched over what what was that experience like um yeah it was, it was great so when i mean the, we, we obviously ran the proof concept and that was that went really well um we put on another directorate i think it was around was it around 40 45 users or so um as we kind of extended that pilot out um, and we were getting constant feedback from the original like 10 15 that we put on the proof concept and um and the positive and the positive feedback was great um we had a few few niggles few tweaks we needed to make along the way which just proved the value in doing the proof concept um yeah and the, and, and the kind of transition over was was really seamless yeah it just happened to coincide with the, the time when you were looking to lock the office down i think wasn't it so was that uh, when covid was starting to get a grip 
Yeah, exactly. That's so I thought, I'm not sure if you remember the phone call I had with you the week of the training when I said, you know, are you, are you sure you're happy to come in and, and do the training? Because <laughs> it was we weren't locked down yet, but there was the room in Melbourne was Stein and the government were just about to lock us down. And um, and thankfully you were happy to come down because that face-to-face training was, I think, invaluable to our employees. Because um, in hindsight, we didn't know we were going to be locked down for as long as we were. But I think a lot of them were nervous around working from home and working 100% remotely. On top of that, we've just moved all their telephony and their ways of working had changed. Um, and they were obviously given the, the the information beforehand that was going to happen, but to be sat in front of and taught teams for a couple of hours and what the features were, just yeah. put them in, in great shape to be able to leave the office that day. Um, yeah, we, we timing was either great or terrible, depending on your view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm still clinging on to the, it was perfectly timed rather than luckily so. timed, but we'll go with that. Yeah, I do remember that phone call because I do remember that just just in terms of our commitment that 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 was uh, a Sunday. That was my birthday. That I had I remember I remember it well driving down. But yeah, it was the right thing to do. I, thought, I remember actually we ended up doing the track the the last batch of training remotely, and I think it's been you know it's obviously been remote ever since then. So I think the uh, the face to face was in that week, and then we we mopped up the rest remotely. So obviously both yourself and the rest of the organization have been using teams and teams link for a while now um do you think it's settled down staff happy using it there's there's you find out all of the issues now yeah absolutely i mean most of the guys were really engaged with it and were looking forward to using it we had a few nervous employees um particularly the guys in the contact centers um they were um maybe the most nervous about sure. it um and those kind of um, concerns I had were, were quickly washed out because it's kind of a week, two weeks into using it, I was getting the feedback from, oh, this is brilliant. This is as simple to use. It just works. Give me the training that we need. Um, as with everything, there was a few minor little tweaks we needed to make, which we made. Um, and since then, it's gone from kind of getting loads and loads of praise from people and people sing Teams praises to what everyone wants to hear in IT, which is not a lot about Teams. Because, <laughs> just get on with it. Yeah, it's working. It absolutely does does what it says on the tin. It's, um, yeah, they've... Um, I've, I'm lucky with our uh, employees that they've engaged with it so well and they and they want to use it. But the fact that it does the job, it's um yeah, it's been great. They love it. Brilliant. Um, yeah, that's that's good to hear. I think um, I always quote you um, when I'm talking to customers because one of the biggest uh, and, and Michael talk about this a little bit in his in his session as well as me is you know one of the biggest barriers to people moving is investment in existing particularly handsets, um, obviously on traditional PBXs, and they're, they're not easy to move across the teams, but you just took the decision to say, you're not having any handsets, you've got headsets, and here they are, and send them home. And I think people just kind of adapt, don't they? Yeah, actually, um, lockdown probably helped with that in hindsight, but um, we were going to do it anyway, um, is, yeah, get rid of get rid of handsets and go with headsets and laptops, which is a massive culture shift before everyone had their own phone, and people saw it as their own phone and they like that that thing yeah. sitting on the desk even though we all knew actually it's it's kind of a point of sense you don't need it um and we've proved that now and the fact that everyone was going to be locked down sent home they weren't going to take their desk phone with them even if they had them it kind of now it's everyone's kind of said oh yeah we, we didn't need that thing taking up space on, on our desk for the last however many years so yeah yeah um yeah one thing we we worked out quickly though was on the on the headsets was um yeah so we went team certified and it was well worth getting the team certified version so we've had a few calls when people haven't got them to hand and they're plugged in there um they're sort of uh like earbuds or something like that whatever they've got kicking yeah around. yeah exactly so one yeah one bit of um learning I've, I've, I've taken from this is yeah not to not to scrim too much on the headsets yeah good piece of advice and i know obviously um you locked the office down for, for months didn't you but i know you've been back on and off since then i know you've put a team's room system in 
now into uh, into the main boardroom. So, sort of, how is that working? Any thoughts about any other uh, bits of uh, technology you're going to put into the side of Teams? Uh, yeah, so I mean, we're, we're planning on having at least another one Teams room to our head office, um, potentially two, because uh, the uh, well, the feedback we've had from that's great. And the reason we haven't put more in yet is just because the office isn't utilised yeah. as much as it was. If it was, we'd, it'd been two or three straight away. Um, we're just drip feeding that as the demand for use of the office um, increases really. And, uh, and the other thing is probably around call recording for our support care team. It's something they're um, they're they're keen on, so that's something else we'll we'll look to move with. Okay. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll cover that. I think Mike will cover that off in his section as well. And, and then, yeah, just just finally, Dom. And I think uh, you know, other than don't cheap scout on headsets, go with the team certified ones. Is any any other advice for organisations thinking about doing the same thing, moving their voice to Teams? Um, yeah, I mean, for my side, getting getting um senior exec buy-in was a big part. So getting someone from um from as high as possible really whether it's ceo or you know as, as high up as you can get was was massive in terms of um showing that they're engaged for other employees to, to get on board with it uh certainly the the proof concept was just, um yeah probably the 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 best thing we did in terms of um cementing it in our mind for our own sure. peace of mind uh and the other things really around getting your users trained that took so much pressure off and actually having you guys do the training for us was brilliant because it meant from a resource perspective we were getting on with the day job while all our employees were getting trained um and then just to kind of i suppose manage the message in terms of the the comms and when teams is coming out so we did a big piece on teams is coming you, your training dates are going to be this day so, so it wasn't just like so tomorrow teams is coming and you're having training and then you're using it we kind of did drip feed it a bit over the the, the weeks and months before which seemed to seem to go well yeah, I miss the face-to-face training because it, you know, it saved me fortune on Welsh cakes though. Because obviously, every time I come down and bring uh, bring some Welsh snacks with me, but uh, it's difficult to do that virtually, isn't it? Unless I send them all individually. But yeah, no, I think I think um, yeah, I, I mean, what we've seen from yourselves and and other customers really is that end-user training is key to adoption because obviously you want people to adopt Teams more more than just you know making and receiving phone calls. It's it's the whole package isn't it with teams that's a key part of it so i think that uh, end user training and and as you say senior exec buying are the, probably the two key things that we see as well so now i appreciate your time john that's brilliant so uh thank, thanks for all your feedback and thanks for joining us for the for the call just very very quickly our focus is around cloud services primarily helping customers around security productivity and what we call agility so so moving services into the cloud Thanks for joining us. You're listening to Straight Talking 365 with Mark Lawson and guests.